<laughs> Do you realise what you just said? No. I said bosom. <laughs> that's right. No, that's fine. Leave it as bosom. All right. Hello and welcome, or welcome back. I am Malcolm Childs. And I'm James Giffins, and we are Just Making Conversation. Where we discuss the ups and downs of the model-making hobby that brings us sheer joy and utter despair in equal measures. From the model kits to the best biscuits and everything in between, we are going to Just Make Conversation. Remember, there are other podcasts to listen to. <laughs> Plastic Model Mojo. <laughs> the Scale Model Podcast. Plastic Posse Podcast. On the Bench. Model Geeks. The Sprue Cutters Union. Small Subjects. Built Sideways. Model Bigger Podden. The Micro Machines Podcast. Amshow Podcast. Modeling Insanity Podcast. Head to modelpodcast.com for all the links. If you've enjoyed this rambling of words, you can show your appreciation for free by leaving a five-star review on Facebook or your favourite podcast app. Showing your appreciation with some coin is easy. Click over to paypal.me forward slash podcastjmc or for a monthly donation, Patreon at patreon.com forward slash justmakingconversation. In this episode, we've just been making conversation about misunderstanding Mecca and the opening our minds to this world of massive miniature robots. We have to admit we know nothing about Gundam. But why is that? Did we grow up watching a different era of television? Did we miss a meeting? Is it too late to love and appreciate? Gundam is on our shelves in hob shops, has its own UK IPMS SIG, and has begun to appear in competitions at model shows. So let's both bow into the bosom of these massive robots and find out what it is all about. <laughs> Moosaroo update for the people who are tuned in just to listen to the Moosaroo update. No, I haven't planned it as yet. Both been very, very, very busy lately. Again, mm. your work is all over the place with shifts and stuff. It is at the moment, yeah. I've decided to change all my um, shed around with new furniture coming in, so I've done that. So I haven't done any model making myself at all. In fact, I've moved more models than I've built. <laughs> <laughs> Set up to build loads. We've got loads more space and loads more desk area. Getting steady, getting ready. I'm getting down on my fingertips. I'm lifting up my butt. I'm ready to sprint into doing those models. The only reason you're on your fingertips is your chair's broken and you're on a wooden stool. That's why it's creaking. Come on, be honest. It's your old milking stool back from the days. <laughs> oh, I need to get buy a new chair. So anyone wants to recommend me a chair that doesn't cost £689 for a big, tall gentleman, then let me know. So we had comments. We had loads of comments. We had loads of messages. Oh. We had the highest engagement we've ever had on Facebook. Oh, the, the, the phone has not stopped beeping. Message alert, message <laughs> alert, message alert, message alert. And when you look down, it's Gary Baldy. Who's Gary Baldy? Is he a singer? Well, um, I don't know, but I'm sure he's not got a full head of hair, but it's just, I don't know, maybe it's a nickname. It's Gary Glitter, I'm thinking. <laughs> oh, no, don't go down that road. <laughs> uh, we have had a number of messages. But, yeah, thank you for your comments and concerns and opinions on Biscuits. All the people who said that they are interested in biscuits that were not hobnobs, you're all wrong. Yeah. Simple as that. 
and I'll fight you. Well, Zina, I'm I'm quite pleased that we've had so many people that don't like cobnobs, and the reason is is because they need to be converted, and that's why oh, they okay. are they are here in the Church of Hobnob. Hobnob <laughs> to, to 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 be ordained into the Hobnob society. Do they get christened? Do they get like a cup of tea and a biscuit at the altar? They are hung over a pit where crumbs of biscuits are dribbled on their heads. And the sign of a hobnob is stamped on the head. I mean, placed on the head, not stamped, because that would be violent, wouldn't it? And uh, if they <laughs> if they say all the right words and become part of the church of hobnob, that's fine. If they're not, we just tip them into the tub with all the crumbs. Sounds to be violent. Well, no, it's not violent. It's just a case of, ah, oh, he slipped. Ah, oh, sorry. Do you know you can go to those shops and get those boxes of misshapes, misshaped biscuits? Yes, broken biscuits. Yeah, well, no, they're misshaped biscuits or broken biscuits, whatever. Yeah, anyway, that's where they come from. They come from the pit of shame, oh. from the Hobnob Church. Ah, oh, the font. Yes, the font, the font of crumbs. I thought they were just swept up on the floor. Of the <laughs> Lovely. All right, I need to talk to you about the Lincoln Scale Model Club Annual Scale Model Show 2023. When is that? 15th of October at the Lincoln Christ Hospital School. Rugby Road, Lincoln, LN24 PN. There are ample parking spaces. Traders and clubs will be welcome. Uh -huh. Neil Pepper is the man you need to see. Go along to the Lincoln Scale Model Show. I think that's the first time we've ever been asked to read out about a show. I'm quite happy to do so. Yes, I, I think it's lovely, actually. Lovely idea. So go along to that. Are you going? Um, I don't know is the honest answer. It's possible. It's possible. It's possible. Depends if I upset the wife sufficiently enough. Uh, who else? Patrick Gunstrom. That's how I say it. He says, I am an avid listener of this daft show of yours up in Sweden. Ah. Yeah, I really love the way you pronounce model by Garpoden. You're welcome. Uh, how are we supposed to say it then? Well, I, th I, I think I'm illiterate quite well, thank you. Uh, yeah, well, you struggled and worked on that, didn't you? I did, yeah. I All my neighbours wondered what on earth I was doing because I was Practicing, 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 practicing. And then when my neighbor leant over the fence and said, What on earth are you doing? I said, Model by Carponen. <laughs> oh, how are you meant to say uh, model by Carponen in Swedish accent then? Let us know. Yeah. Well, you know what we could do is just listen to model by Carponen on the podcast. Oh, we could. We could be even more cheeky and just dub it in. <laughs> Should I dub it in? Steal it from them and dub it in. No, I'm joking. We wouldn't do that. Well, I wouldn't. <laughs> no 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 you wouldn't but i can anyway the point of this email <laughs> we will get to yeah and says uh, since i suspect there are some more listeners up in the northern europe region i'd like to ask if you can promote our local modeling show that's coming up at the end of october it usually has visitors from sweden denmark germany poland the netherlands etc so from all over the region the show is called oh, C4 lovely. Open and is Scandinavia's friendliest modelling event and is held on the 28th and 29th of October in Malmö in Sweden. There are over 300 models in the competition, several vendors and other modelling clubs. This year, we also have three seminars, one SIG on Swedish armour and one on Yom Kippur War and a theme class, which this year is called Frost, Ice and Snow. More information and registration at c4-open.se. Maybe we can get some Tommies this year. Smiley face. Oh, don't have to read that out. 
Well, I have to read it out. If he puts a smiley face, I say smiley face. If you put it in, you can, yeah, that's right. Or if I say it like I'm smiling. Maybe we can get some Tommies this year. <laughs> <laughs> no. Thanks in advance, and thanks for the great podcast. Keep it up. From Patrick. Yes, Patrick Gun- Gunstrom. Oh, that was very well read. Chris from Scale Model Chris on Instagram. He says, I stumbled across your podcast a couple of weeks ago. Oh. It's been my go-to earworm while doing my welding job. I'm still new to the hobby, only three years in, and new, new to the hobby? Three years? Three years in. Which one is it? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm a 124 scale builder, and honestly got a bit lost on all the tank and airplane. Has not had much experience with it. Well, interesting. That's exactly what we're going to talk about in this podcast, isn't it? But I do love the sense of humour as it's right down my street and have a few strange looks from people as I've been laughing away under my weld helmet. Telford last year was my first experience with a model show and it blew my mind. And now I understand why I kept seeing walnut builds. (laughs) (laughs) Keep up the good work on the podcast. If you can recommend any other model car podcast, that would be good. Hopefully I will get a chance to meet you at Telford this year. Thanks again from Chris. Scale model Chris. Model car podcasts. Uh, there is one, and I think it's literally called the Model Car Podcast. I think it is. Talking about it very, very briefly in the beginning of last season. Yeah, it is. It's called the Model Car Podcast. Modelcar.show. Okay. Yeah. Uh, a couple of American chaps. Yeah, it's quite good. Go and listen. I know that the Sprue Cutters Union had a car modeler on very recently mm. if you know of one then let chris know or just chuck it in a comment in, on our facebook and you'll see it uh thanks for that chris and i'm looking forward to seeing you at telford too next up we got a message from uh, nat williamson she says afternoon gents i really wish i could do this in nat's voice that would freak her out in regards to your latest podcast on reputation to me the brand is more important than the subject matter as generally i'll only buy games workshop Yes, I love my Warhammer, but I have tried other brands and subjects. But due to issues, fit, etc., it really knocks my confidence. Whilst the game workshop, I know I'll get a kit that has very little, if any, issues, which help me enjoy and builds her confidence. As always, gents, thoroughly enjoyed listening whilst on the school run. Keep up the good work. Lots of kisses to James. <laughs> There's only one kiss. I can assume it's for you. Thanks, Nat. Yeah, I can totally get where you're coming from with that. Mm. Um, and um, you shouldn't. You're, you're com- oh, you, you know what I'm going to say. As soon as you wrote this, you know what I was going to say. You shouldn't be worrying about your confidence. It's you're banging them out. Lovely. Crack on with it. Not a problem. Absolutely. Well, you can you can rely on Games Workshop to be have good fit and for the models to look good. Mm. A great job. The instructions can be questionable. You know, I guess they have to try and do it for lots of different languages. So maybe that's why it's difficult. Yeah, Games Workshop certainly um, good reputation. Yes. Mr. Martin Drayton got in touch. He says, oh. hi, guys. I hope that you're doing well. I just finished listening to your most recent episode and enjoyed it thoroughly. I thought about a couple of the questions that you raised. The first being about brand choice. For me, my primary concern is the subject matter. I will always hunt out the specific vehicle, aircraft, sci-fi subject, etc. first and foremost. After that, I'll try and find out who made the best kit of it. 
Usually I'll check build reviews or YouTube rather than what's in the box presentations, as I find they still don't prevent you from getting a hard to build kit. It's all very well telling you how pretty the parts are, but it doesn't tell you how well they go together. Consequently, I don't really mind which company makes the kit, if it's what I want and it's a decent build. As for where I am, when I listen to the show, I usually listen on my way to work. As a flight attendant, I find it relaxes me before I start potentially stressful few days. Then I listen again on my way home, and it makes me wind down and be nice to my family. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks again for producing such an enjoyable book. As a Brit living in America, to hear English voices having fun. It's great to hear phrases that I haven't heard for a long time. Sweet. Cheers. Tracking. Love it. Bonzer. That was sort of German. I, I, I apologise. Achtung. <laughs> schnell, schnell. Alles klar. <laughs> Good. Uh, we'll be talking to Martin soon, actually. We will be, yeah. Looking forward to that. Next up was uh, Andrew Moss. He sent a message saying that the digestive is king as it goes with tea. Until he introduced cheese. What? Bear with me, guys. I'm going to have to read this out properly because I'm getting very confused. Mm-hmm. Digestive is king as it goes with tea mm-hmm. until you introduce cheese and it goes with wine and port. Mm-hmm. Jesus Christ, I'm not going around his house for a cup of tea. I'm really not. Cheese and wine and port in a cup of tea it just sounds revolting. Anyway, if that isn't enough for you, crumble it and then pack it down into a tin and you just started a cheesecake. I rest my case. He has a point. Port and wine doesn't belong in tea to start with. <laughs> cheese in tea, it's just not right. <laughs> Crumbling a biscuit into a cup of tea, you, well, you might as well get the most soggy, horrible biscuit and just stick it in the bottom to start with. Cheesecake, okay. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. But only because it's cheesecake. Mm. 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 His case has been rested. He's rested his case, yeah. I agree. A digestive is an appropriate biscuit. However, I would not agree that it's king no see now is it really a biscuit now this is the question right is it really a biscuit because if it's crumbles and goes with cheesecake it's a base of a cheesecake it's not a biscuit it's a base right so that's my first point the second point cheese cheese on a biscuit is a cheese biscuit it's not a biscuit it's a cheese biscuit that's the point of being a cheese on a biscuit it's a cheese on a Is it the king for cheese? I'd argue that as well, because I would say no, definitely not. Is digested the king of a cheesecake? 100%, I would say. Although you could make it with chocolate cookies. I diverse. You do. Maybe you just should diverse onto your own podcast about biscuits. You could call it the Just Baking podcast. Crumble with James. <laughs> Thank you, Andrew, for your comment. Thanks for listening, mate. Yeah. Jim Bob has also commented. He says, uh, the regal digestive. Oh, here we go. God, it's a mutiny. The regal digestive, king of biscuits, the milk chocolate digestive, his sweet-natured foppish brother, and the dark chocolate digestive, the bad boy, usurper, and lastly, the Jaffa cake, the exotic, beautiful queen of biscuits. <laughs> Thank you, Jim. Thank you very much for your comment. That was a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, thank you very much for everyone who's... Uh, mm. Dudes from Plastic Model Mojo, they got a bit uh, antsy about the whole biscuit. Mm, they did, yeah. 
uh, they are all great looking cookies. Biscuits, they were talking about being scones. You know those scone things that they have with gravy? And then there are parts. Biscuits don't belong in gravy either. Biscuits are, are biscuits. No, have you ever had a, an American biscuit? No, because no. I, 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 could, I couldn't eat a biscuit in gravy. Sorry. Well, they're not, they're not biscuits. They're savoury scones. Oh, I understand there's, a, there's a, a technical hitch with the, the English language in that statement. I understand that. Mm. But just the thought of eating something that's called a biscuit in gravy. Well, you'd have a pudding in gravy, right? What? Yorkshire pudding. Yorkshire pudding you're having with gravy. Oh, oh my goodness. I can't believe we've gone down the Yorkshire pudding route. Really? We keep saying we shouldn't, and we still do. Maybe we should actually not. <laughs> That's the only way. Actions speak louder than the words, James. Yeah, absolutely. So let's move on. As you may or may not have noticed, we have actually listened to one of our uh, listeners and introduced the YouTube channel, the Just Making Conversation YouTube channel, where we put the podcast up on there too. The bearded veteran says, personally, I think the reputation is important to a point. I think reputation is incredibly important when someone is first getting into the hobby because the sheer number of different kits and manufacturers can quickly become overwhelming. Oh, yes. It's funny, isn't it? I remember the first time I went to Telford and being overwhelmed by the by manufacturers that I've not seen. I've not really seen or heard of and all that sort of thing. Um, and there were definitely a couple of uh, rocking models that I saw that will be on my price range at the time. I mean, still are really look at them and going oh my god that's amazing i really love that and then listening to the reputations that have been built around those manufacturers and going oh my god i'm glad i didn't go mad and buy that because i wouldn't i wouldn't have been out of cope mm. that also reflects on when we go into a model shop doesn't it because mm. you go into a model shop and you're like well, they haven't got a big range have they? the store's like massive but it's only got certain brands well sometimes it's bad to have too much choice yeah. it is yeah Brilliant. Thank you very much for all those emails and comments. It really makes a difference when we hear all these um, people having a chat about all the things and rubbish that we talk about. We've dragged Brian kicking and screaming from the other side of the pond to talk to us about robots. Mm. And I wanted to find out many, many things, and uh, I want to pick his brains and find out what uh, the dealio is. I wanted to find out why they are so cool, why we should like them, why I want to have a Funko Pop of Princess on my shelf, and and all those sort of things. And, and uh, I want to talk to you about how I can blame you for for that sudden interest that has reignited in me. Fantastic. I was really lucky. I had to do a very long drive. Um, I had to do a three-hour drive which in UK is a long way, a lot, a lot of driving. And I'm fortunate that I got to listen to lots of podcasts. And Built Sideways, which is one of yours, um, was one of the ones I, I hey. listened to. And it was um, episode 17? Of this, uh, the most recent season, yeah, right? Season, season three. three. Um, and you were chatting okay. about the IPMS. And you were talking about how Gundam wasn't well represented. Gundam wasn't understood. That's true. Let's find out what it's all about. And the only way we can do that is talk to the man himself. Hi. Uh Welcome. (laughs) Hello. Brian, tell us about yourself. (laughs) Where are you from? What you do? Uh, I grew up in the Midwest. Uh, I live on the East Coast. 
uh, I like to make things. It's a habitual compulsion. Can't help myself. I co-host a podcast, like you had mentioned, Built Sideways Podcast. Uh, I do the YouTube thing, go to shows, I dance the dance, mm -hmm. you know how it is. Yeah, man. Let's see. Uh, I like to make um, all kinds of models. Mm -hmm. I've always had a love of mecha and robots, and uh, that kind of stuff was really comes really easy to me because I've always had like a fantasy base. Mm -hmm. So when it comes to like working on that type of model, it's just really, you know, freeing for me and allows me to kind of like run wild. Okay. And making, is that something you've always done since you were young? My stepdad's a, a locksmith, and that was actually my, fir my first, like, on the books paying job was a locksmith. Uh, I don't count working in the fields. But, um, <laughs> and uh, my biological father is a contractor, so I used to spend so occasional summers with him. and got a chance to see a lot of stuff. And so I got into, um, like, basically, like, making houses and uh, that kind of stuff early was really, like, uh, I don't know what you want to call it, like a fascination mm -hmm. and a little bit of an obsession. I got into drafting. I got a bunch of books on it. I grilled my parents to buy a bunch of stuff for me, drafting equipment, and was always into art and drawing, like comic books oh, and that okay. uh, ilk of things. And then just, you know, how it's how it is. So, like, there's a whole huge maker story that's kind of like you can imagine what it is, and that's basically it. Yeah. I don't need to go into the uh, the finite details of my entire history. But, uh, yeah, I grew up. And what about, what about work? <laughs> so is, is work also... I went to I went to college for art that kind of bounced off of that because of the way that the school was structured and then got into doing construction, essentially building houses, building roof trusses and stuff like that. Um, and then moving through from the Midwest out to the East Coast, I fell into um, like metalworking just kind of randomly because I was building a loft apartment. That was how I got out here. I made a deal with my friend. He would pay my year's rent if I built out the loft apartment. So he supplied the supplies and I made like a, a like a high-end apartment in a New York loft uh, as my, wow. yeah, my first year's rent, which was pretty rad. It only took me about three months to build it out. And then I had the rest of the year paid off. All I had to do was like, I was a freelance uh, okay. scenic painter for a little while, which is cool. I worked in children's theater for a while, which was really, really neat. And then I fell into the metalworking and that, um, particular shop for whatever reason afforded me a bunch of luxuries. I got to work on a bunch of uh, like TV and film stuff. I got to do a bunch of large scale sculptural art projects with uh, international artists and people because I'm here in, in New York City or I was in New York City at the time. And just like we made good connections and, and got into a lot of I shared a couple of images with you, Malcolm, in the chat like an hour ago or whatever. And uh, there's one in, image in there of like a large metal door, right? Yes. <laughs> so that door is is from the the Born Ultimatum, I think. So we made two large metal doors, and there's like a scene in one of the Born franchise, Born Identity movies, where he's like, mm -hmm. there's like an airlock or something. So we made the airlock doors for that. It's like we we did stuff for oh, cool. we made the train walls for Girl on a Train. We did I did some stuff for behind the scenes stuff for like a Harry Potter film, and I did stuff for tv like madam secretary i did a bunch of finish work because my my artistic you know drive and my want to experiment and try new things i got into doing metal finishing so like patinas mirror polishing all that kind of like the post work stuff also i know how to like you know weld and all that, that you know mumbo jumbo yeah just like a bunch of crazy cool stuff so i got a, the, a lot of opportunity to work with oh gosh techniques and and get to work with a lot of different materials and talk to a lot of different creatives and it's just really rich uh of an area at the time at least when i was in brooklyn doing that stuff so i don't i live in new jersey now so i don't i don't have that anymore the pandemic kind of you know kind of shut everything down 
So you were quite used to building very large things. Yes, building large things and all things. So the movie work and the TV work, some of that stuff is pretty small. I know that there's like a fidelity issue with like the four inch ball. You can't film certain things smaller than a four inch ball at distance and have it read. So a lot of times the stuff in the back success, if you watch old Kubrick movies on high def nowadays, you'll see that. Like if you can see the back of the sound stage, it looks kind of crazy. But, um, but a lot of that stuff is like little tiny detail or like little tiny detail art stuff or like working in stained glass or like whatever. The opportunity to work with these large planar forms, having the confidence in my abilities to work with raw materials to figure out how to get to point B from point A or point C exactly, even for that matter, from point A, kind of reinforced my my modeling hobby. So like eventually I lost that ability to have that space because of, you know, the things changed, the shop moved. I lost the, you know, the ability to have the open space and I had to shrink things down. And this was about 2014, 2015. So I had been doing like resin work and mold making for four or five years at that point. I was going to have to like basically shut it all off. And I got into like a weird funk and my one buddy, Andre, uh, kept pushing Gumpla on me because he knew that I used to do make skill models when I was a little kid, like building cars and planes and helicopters and every freaking thing. Pushing it on like, like a... Like a drug dealer. <laughs> yeah, kind of, right? It felt that way at first too. And I was res I was resistant to it because even though I grew up loving like, you know, Voltron and uh, like the Silverhawks and Thunderbirds and most bit of Robotech, all that stuff. Um, like I never really hit the Gundam thing. Like when it was on in the 90s, I just, once again, I kind of bounced off of it for whatever reason. It was like, I think it was because it was the Gundam wing. A lot of people talk about Gundam wing. You're going to get some conversation be like, this guy doesn't like Gundam wing. I don't. Okay. That's okay. <laughs> but everybody loves it. I just can't stand it. I tried. I've tried so hard, everyone. I tried. I can't get past episode like 12 or 13. One of the things that we're going to talk about later on is, is understanding the difference between Japanese cartoons and, and Western cartoons. And uh, fundamentally, they are slightly different because the cultures are slightly different. Right. So that's something that we can we could possibly talk about later on. But mm. yeah, it's, uh, it is interesting that it's not all Gundam that you're a fan of. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. I actually was not Gundam at all for the majority of my life. Not until, you know, less than 10 years ago. It's easy for me to to find things about it that I can like because of the things that yeah. I have experience with and, the you know, the kind of stuff I jive with. Right. But it's the same thing for tanks. I love tanks and I love machines and all this stuff. It all, it all ties together. Like, I've been building car models lately because it's been real fun to play with the car models and like, mm. you know, I'll go back, I'll build another, another one of my planes or something that I have, or, you know, just kind of bounce around to whatever Avenue kind of like, you know, tickles my fancy like that ad at in the background, you've got over your shoulder there, Malcolm. That's, I love the ad at that's a great, or an ATSC, you know, for that matter, there's those star Wars models that Bandai mm. has made are, are so fantastic and easy to approach. So that's like that Gundam that, that my buddy Andre kept pushing. I mean, try it, try it, try it, try it. Fine, fine, fine. I'll try it it was not like the right thing for me to really get into, but I didn't know that because I didn't know the Gundam and I didn't know what I was getting myself into. The first thing I remember is pulling it out and seeing how small the freaking parts were just this tiny little thing on the tip of my gigantic yeah. fingertip. And it's just mm. like a little bit intimidating because there are so many parts and some of these like Gundam kits and some of these mecha resin kits uh, that I have and still have and when I'm working on are, are hundreds upon hundreds of, of pieces. It's insane. 
it's like mm. a little bit daunting but once you kind of get a grasp of how it goes together it was talking with the podfather on one of our recent episodes and he said that that's one of the things that was a little bit rough at first was the instructions are a little bit funky so like if you've got like this this is my Tamiya Porsche instructions this is really straightforward it goes together really really easily I got a bunch of notes drawn over it because that's what I do I draw notes all over my instructions but a Gundam it's almost like a book it pulls out like a road map and like fold the way out it has all these different things that, but it, it all is pictogram and it all is very easy to understand more so even than Ikea is. Well, James was building a, well, you were building something ancient recently, weren't you? That had instructions from the old days. I uh, just recently built um, an Airfix double gauge loco and the instructions were on parchment. It was that old. <laughs> so yeah, this was the kit I did. I'm just holding up the kit. So this is the evening star. Wow. And as you can see, the instructions are literally on parchment. <laughs> that's oh, that's always the worst, right? It takes three of you just to open the fold. <laughs> I haven't done the decals. I'm not sure they're going to work. They they <laughs> they look like they were put on parchment as well. People listening to this podcast probably won't know. I want to talk about the difference between Gundam, Gunpla robots and mecha okay and what are those four things they're all spelled differently thank you james that's all right <laughs> very true they are in in fact individual words yes <laughs> right good that's 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 a start the easiest way for me to to say that is that um so there's a couple of different genre of of mecha like of, of mecha is a general term for like mechanical like robot or mechanical suit right whether it have a pilot or non-pilot, right? That's just the overarching mecha. And then within that, you'll have like Super Robo, and then you'll have like what is more traditional mecha. So Super Robo tends to be like a robot itself that is magical or has special powers, like a sentient robot or um, like Astro Boy is a, is a Super Robo kind of thing. Okay. Transformers, they all have their own personality, not driven by it. Right, right, exactly. So they're like... Unless you want to go for headformers, but this is like the late or the mid nineties for transformers. But what? <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, there were like these little robots that transformed into the heads, and then they were kind of like also the pilot of the other transformer. But they were more like it was more like Batman and Robin than it was oh. like a pilot. And Spike was going to pilot uh, Bumblebee or something like that. So, so in that you have fantastic me mechanical robot that's itself, and then you have Mecha, which is a piloted suit. Right, so that's where you get your robots versus your mecha. Gotcha. I mean, they they can they all get labeled robots or they all get labeled mecha, but there is a there that is kind of like the the defining line between those two, and then in that Gundam is an intellectual property which was made in you know the late 70s early 80s and it is the overarching group of all of the different storylines is within Gundam and Gunpla is Gundam plastic model or Gunpla Gundam plastic gotcha. right and then there's also another terminology for it which is Playmo which is plastic model and that's shortened those get thrown around in Japan right. a lot so okay. your Gunpla your Gunpla or your Plamo is is basically that it's your plastic models or your Gundam plastic gotcha. models okay wow <laughs> it's that easy <laughs> yeah but if you don't know you don't know if no one like says sits down and really yeah it's pretty it's pretty straightforward no absolutely 
there are lots of different manufacturers that make lots of different kits for a long time. This guy, Max Watanabe, uh, you may have heard Lincoln Wright talk about him a couple of times because he does stuff with him, right? He yeah. he has been participant of a company called Max Factory for a while, and they make some cool stuff um, like Dugram kits, which is a it's more like Robot Jocks style mecha than like your Gundam stuff. So it's a little bit more okay. classic. It's going to have more of an 80s vibe. Or like a not, not really the late seventies, but definitely eighties vibe to it. Um, different kind of scaling. Like you're gonna find, you know, thirty yeah. fifth um, scale kits and stuff like that, or it'll be like seventy second scale, but it'll obviously it'll be like really tall robot kind of thing. These robots we're talking about, Gundam, they are massive. They are yeah. building size, four or five story tall. Yeah, on average they're yeah they're on average about eighteen meters right tall yeah and piloted by somebody for scaling the, yeah the pilots are teeny tiny little dudes in the kits they actually all come with pilots so. yeah yeah so 144 scale um they generally are even they? tiny are they okay meaty, meaty. Are they- well 100 scale is i deal with mostly 100 scale like the master grade scaling it's called so there's a bunch of different sizes and they they grow up to different scales like sd which is the smallest ones they're the super deformed hence the sd and those ones are more like chibi things like your 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 chibi planes and your stuff from um, from hasegawa mm-hmm. tune tanks exactly they fall under that same super deformed model you know really kind of cartoony and fun then you have the one 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 to 144 which is like your standard you know high grade they call it one to 144 scale they're a little bit more simple then you have the real grade which is a super duper complex but in the small size was that the was that the musuru cup build was that uh that was uh high grade i think off the top of my head yeah Right, I think everybody, from what I understood, everybody got high grades. I don't. What did you? What did you build, James? I don't remember. Oh, oh hang on a minute. Uh, bear with me. It's uh, going to be a bit of an operation. Um, this will never go back the same way. Has it got? Is it? A, don't you remember the name? It was very easy to remember. No, I don't remember the name. It involved letters. That's a. Uh, that's a sasabi. It's a sasabi. That's the one. Yeah. Do you know, I can't remember, and I haven't got the box anymore. Cool. That's a great kit, though. Those are fun. Yeah. I like the Sazabi's design. It's like a knight, almost, like this crazy bright red knight, but like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, mine's a snot green. <laughs> yeah, no, that's the fun part, is you can paint it whatever yeah. color you want. It's all right. But yeah, so then... Yeah, I love I love doing it. It was... um, <laughs> I purposely went completely off the wall, mm-hmm. did hexagon shapes mm-hmm. all over it for the, the, the design. Which was, yeah, I wish I hadn't done that. It was a bit of a nightmare, but um, totally. I enjoyed it because it was it was just completely something off the wall and different for me. I, I've never done something like it, um, but I will do more because I, I, I enjoyed it. Yeah. It, it went together really Yeah, well. even though they are complex and they have a lot of parts, they do go together incredibly well once you get the handle of kind of what mm. you're what you're dealing with. To carry on with the the scaling stuff I was talking about, so the like that one, the high grade yeah. one forty four scale. A lot of times they're they're pretty basic. They don't have a lot of interior moving parts. It's like a joint and a hip, and they kind of have a a leg armor that clasp around it that creates the part. Whereas the one hundred scale kits, the master grade often have a full inner frame. They call it, which is oftentimes a mechanical inner frame, which has parts that slide and move and do all this cool stuff. There's a, they're wildly detailed. So if you like to paint details, these kits are fantastic fantastic for our like detail people uh there's just so much there that you can do and then leave armor off put armor on cut a panel into it whatever but yeah so i mostly focused through 100 scale kits because mm. partially gigantic hands pig tip fingers so we call it <laughs> yeah. 
uh, I just, you know, I just deal with the size a little bit better. And then from, so then beyond that perfect grade, which is one to 60th scale that has a ton of parts and a ton of detail to really take it things to the nines. They're also very, very expensive and very, very large. Uh, I have a commission that I'm supposed to build one and I've been dragging my feet on it above that is mega size, which is weird because it is, is one to 20th scale, big, big, big models, but they have more of the high grade style design so they're gigantic but they're empty they're hollow inside uh, okay very like simple but gigantic a lot of people build high grades because they're cheap you can get a high grade kit for 12 dollars. you know build it up and you don't even have to paint it or do anything to it and you have a fully colored articulated mm-hmm. you know almost action figure of a of a model to put together but then you know like they have the you know Bandai makes all sorts of stuff. They well, I guess it isn't. It's it's uh, Good Smile. That's the company that makes the Macross kits. But they're all under the same pl- philosophy. Mm-hmm. You know, they just all snap together, made to be very user friendly, with detailed you know built into them, like panel lines and things like that, isn't there? And then yeah, I mean the community for it is incredibly open to adding you know embellishments, like you know adding your own panel lines and stuff like that. Now you're going to have people that are going to critique your design if you make panels that don't make sense you're going to get a little bit of crap for it from some people, but who cares about what those people say? Because do you mean like in a construction point of view or engineering point of view, a panel doesn't meet up? Well, yeah, a little bit of that. Um, And then there's like levels of, you know, technique, how clean are your lines? How good is the design? Like your, is your panel line have too many angles? That's more of a design philosophy kind of thing. You know, like you don't want to have too many sharp, angles but yeah so and and a lot of that just comes into basic design stuff and some of it lies with mechanical design making a panel line that doesn't make sense or putting a panel on something in a place that doesn't make sense will will get a little bit more a flack Hmm. than you know something that does make sense like you would think like oh there should be an access hatch in that location to work on this element of it whether it be hydraulics mechanics fluids, electrical, whatever the heck it might be. But like, you're not going to want to put a weird object-shaped panel on your chest for no reason. Mm-hmm. I think I know what you mean. Yes. Makes sense, you know, in, in a mechanical yeah. way. I, I can imagine with a high grade, because you've not got that skeleton. Um, if you wanted to add panels and stuff on, it'd be really easy mm-hmm. to make those mistakes. Unless you are really into the robotics of it and understand where things would be. Whereas if you've got a, a model that's got a skeleton, you you could add those bits in because you can say, oh, well, actually, you probably need to get to that bit and I can put a panel in that because it isn't there right. at the moment. Yeah, it gives you, it helps to give you a guideline as to where to go. You know, if you wanted to do that, like if you wanted to add your own custom stuff, you're mm-hmm. right. Like it, you're like, okay, you can see from that inner frame like that there's parts there that you may want to have an access for. You're right, 100%. Mm-hmm. Um, but with the high grades too, they're because mm-hmm. they're so cheap, in a way, for lack of a better term, um, because they're so inexpensive, um, they're easy to to turn and burn. So you can pick one up, do some crazy stuff to it. Doesn't quite work out. That's okay. Just go pick up another one. And there's some guys out there that model only in high grade scale, and they do like mind boggling, soul breaking work. It makes you cry when you look at it. In a good way. In a good way. There's this guy out there, Hazamin, um, on Instagram, and that guy is out of control for the the customizations of moving pistons and all the elements that he does the guys is fantastic i did 
as you know, for the the Mercury build, we did a, a Gundam. That was my first experience with Gundams. And you're right, it's, it is daunting because I'm quite heavy-handed. If it doesn't fit quite right, Superclue normally fixes it. But on a Gundam that I found, that's not really the thing to do. Yeah. <laughs> when it says don't glue it, it means it for a reason. <laughs> yeah, it is a bit daunting. And uh, I mean, I, I certainly, when I opened the box from the guys initially and went, uh-huh. oh my God, it's a Gundam. Oh, my immediate thought was I've got to go completely left field with it because it's the only way it's going to interest me. <laughs> and that's why I went with a funky um, pattern and all that sort of stuff. I went off and bought um, a couple more kits because, I, I, you know, I just did a bit of Googling and went, oh, that looks awesome. Oh, that looks... I have no idea if they fit together, if they're in the right world, right realm, or I've got no idea, but they look great. Right. <laughs> I know certainly the ones I've bought that when I do open that box and I do get to it, I will be excited to do it because it was such an incredibly joyful build. Yeah, I know. Because just the way that they fall together, really. It can be that simple. Like you can build a bunch of them because it looks super neat and you can paint it like an old plane or something like that. Or you can paint it like came off the off the front lines of the Ardennes during the Battle of the Bulge or whatever with, you know, winter weathering and uh. all the fun stuff the the trapments that come with standard armor modeling it's like really easy to apply all the cool things that you know a lot of modelers already do to this genre mm. there's a, a an intimidation factor i think a little bit mm. for people because they see this different media mm. you can't recognize you're like oh that's a panzer of course i'm gonna do this to it right or whatever i think what you found was that it doesn't matter if you know the background it doesn't mm. matter if you know the stories because they're cool they're cool looking and that is the thing yeah you, you've hit the nail on the head. I mean, that, the really weird thing about it is it's fiction. It hasn't happened. There isn't really anything you can't do to it. it it's really down to your imagination. Is You know, if you go down that rabbit hole, and it's a big rabbit hole, mm-hmm. and, and start going, well, I've got to get the right colours right, and I've got to do this. Yeah, you can you can be just as, for want of a better phrase, anal as you would be for yeah. doing a, a Messerschmitt that belonged to France whoever mm-hmm. the, i mean you said about the intimidation level i think that is part of the problem is that because it is such a well-known thing yeah only well known in that area in that part or community in the world a lot of people that are not part of that community yeah. just look at it and go yeah it looks really cool but i'm really scared to touch that because i don't want to upset people yeah yeah mm knowing the stories and knowing where they're in the right dimensions and the realms and things like that. If you wanted to go out and buy a tank and you bought a Stug and then you bought an Abrams to go together, if you didn't know the timeline... Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You could have them together and say, look, they're going to have a fight. Well, that would never have happened. Kind of, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. When, you, when you're talking about um, when you first had your first Gundam kit, Right, you found it. You, one of you, did you go? I'm going to get the biggest one off the shelf. I'm going to get the biggest one, the most beautiful thing. It's going to be massive and awesome. Yeah, I watched a couple. I looked at, I looked online, and I, I narrowed it down to a handful of, of designs or shapes that looked cool to me. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I watched a, even watched a YouTube unboxing like review of the kit, mm-hmm. uh, and they said all the things that I thought I wanted to hear. You know, like really cool parts like effect parts and shiny cool clear parts and like gotcha. it comes with like seven swords the thing was it's called the uh the 007 sword it's an xia from gundam wing 
or not wing from okay. a double up double up okay. doesn't matter Okay. But yeah, so it was this long-winded thing, right? So I was like, oh, this is going to be great. I bought one for myself. I bought one for my friend Amir, who lives in uh, like Tel Aviv. And you know, thank you, Internet, for being able to ship things across the world. And we, yeah. we built them both at the same time and kind of like chatted about it. And because uh, that's always fun to build models with your friends. It's always been that way, you know, Absolutely. growing up and same same to the day. Mm-hmm. And and that that was a f- it was a fun kit. It was interesting to see the mechanics. I really got into or for, you know, to say I got off on the mechanics of it, the way that all the things integrated together, the, the way the parts sort fit smoothly together. I've always been, like, a, like I've said, a Finnish guy. So I love sanding. People say they hate sanding. I love sanding kits. It's one of my favorite things to do is to <laughs> sand a beautiful finish. There you go. Send, send all your model kits to Brian. Brian will sand them for you and send them back for free. No, but it's. I feel like it's. It's a very like. Uh, it's a very rewarding thing. My my old boss when I so I used to mirror polish a whole lot of stuff, lots of rich things for rich people, and the most ridiculous thing I ever polished, guys. I made a massive mirror polish stainless steel firewood frame. It was a big frame that slid into the wall that you stacked firewood in, and it was a mirror. The whole thing was a mirror, but it was for firewood. Okay. <laughs> I don't get it. It was cool. I took a really awkward selfie of myself next to it with a reflection. It was weird. Anyways, but um, <laughs> but my boss used to say that polishing is one of the most rewarding jobs because you you actually see yourself in your work. You know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you go. My God, what am I doing with yeah. myself? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. What just just I... lots of time with a respirator on, like I'm no stranger to. <laughs> But uh, you see yourself and go, I've got a beard. How have I been doing yeah. this for? <laughs> oh, and you're just like a raccoon, you know, with the goggles and just all the polish all over your face. It's just amazing. Wow. Um, but to talk, I'm so glad that was a, a, a firewood um stand because I so thought that was going to go down to toilet humor. Oh, I really did. Oh, I've done, and, and I feel almost. almost lost now because it didn't, but sorry, <laughs> disappointed. <laughs> No, no, I wouldn't say there's an element of disappointment. I, I, do you know what? Actually, once I got over the, the oh, we're not going down that route moment. Um, I totally get it, and and that's really weird because I'm like going, yeah, no, that would look cool actually. Yeah, because you stack some wood in. Yeah, and then the wife says to you, "Have you got the wood in? Look, love, look how much I bought in. It just goes on forever." Oh, it's taking me ever. There's only two pieces in there because yeah, it's right. brilliant idea. It's a good idea. Well, yeah. Well, then yeah. you realise that you've got no wood in there, and you just see yourself looking sad and cold. <laughs> true, true. That's the downside. Well, I suppose that's the that's the key, isn't it? Is that when you get to the point you can see yourself to, at a certain level, depending on how tall you are, um, that's the time to bring the wood in. We well, you got you got. So it's like a self reminding thing. Uh, you know, my wife doesn't need. My wife would love it. She wouldn't need leave a note out. You know, and tell me twenty five times, get the wood in, love, and leave a note, free notes, post it notes around the house to remind me because that's what she does all the time. I'd go in the room and go, oh shit, I can see myself. I better go and get some wood. Yeah, that yeah. easy. It's that simple. Mm. That makes sense to us. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> so, funny. Sorry. I can imagine, like, just like you could just sneak past. James and you could see behind him and see like a massive polished wood store. <laughs> <laughs> 
you know, the, the only the only health and safety thing that I'd have to have to pull out is that you know if my head's too polished, it's just gonna there's gonna be like you get some and that's not you get some good. crazy light refraction, maybe start a fire. You have oh, to be oh, careful. Could you imagine it? I'd Fuck have to. Up. I'd have to go in the front room with sunglasses on just to make sure that I didn't get a reflection off my own head. Anyway, uh, where were we? Um, you were being kind of being afraid to to do different things to hmm. to approach some of the stuff you had also, um, James. You'd also mentioned the like a, a Messerschmitt or something like that. I think right. Yeah. And I took a Messerschmitt two sixty two and kit bashed it with a one hundred scale Giradoga. And a whole different uh-huh. crazy thing. I sent a couple of pictures to Malcolm just now, which doesn't really help you. But um, but yeah, so like saying that you can do anything with the the Gundam stuff or whatever, you are the mecha genre, you really can do whatever, like what if, whatever you want. And when I was a kid, first and foremost, you couldn't find mecha kits anywhere. There was no like Patley Bore, you wouldn't find anything from Headgear, you wouldn't find any of them across stuff from uh what's that company uh they're terrible not gonna listen think about them anyways um and uh i so i was stuck with the kind of the you know car model play models whatever i could get my hands on and i was almost a little bit intimidated at that time you know obviously it was young but i i didn't know like you know that it would have been okay for me to cut parts and do stuff i do that on every model now whatever it might be whether it's the my musaru cup was the mustang last year right i I did it wheels up and I cut the flaps and I, you know, I did all this stuff to make it look like it was flying, mm-hmm. which IPMS. Oh, they love that. Um, but, uh, <laughs> which is, which is fine. I do it with everything. I did it with a, with a, a BF 109 G I did. Uh, I did it wheels up. It was um, uh, Eric Hartman's model. I did all the markings. I painted all the markings. I didn't use any decals. I painted all the markings on it, including the, the uh, Lotus nose with the, all the, mm-hmm. the coolness to it. And then I did that. Same deal, wheels up, bent flaps on a huge tilt. I sculpted this whole thing, which was like this cloud form, water form with all these skulls coming out of it. And it was like the plane was kind of crashing a little bit or like going down or cutting through the cutting through the clouds or something like that. Oh. And uh, threw that up at an IPMS. And it's just like, people are like, what? why are you doing this oh. to my models? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's like, I'm... You know, I love that, like, you know, telling that's more of telling a story to me, you know, I mean, it might be a little bit cartoony and a little bit fantasy, Mm. but at the same time, I feel like that to me, I feel like that's where I shine in, in making my models is like, I want that, like that level of like, so obviously when I'm doing the mecha stuff, especially if it's original, something like that, um, it's, of course, it's really about, you know, getting the the most out of the build process as well as being functional and functional and using as much of my built up parts as I have. I have a lot of parts and, um, but also trying to, to like hold true to all of the design principles and stuff that I learned through school and through Mm. all of the years of working and everything. And also at the same time, trying to make something that's going to get someone excited to try their own thing or excited to, you know, to want to go out and even just to pick up like a regular, you know, box model or whatever, like mm. just to build whatever. So like branching back into car models, plane models, you know, um, tanks and mm. getting into tanks. Cause I never built tanks growing up. I always wanted to, my stepdad was always like, Oh, I don't know about tanks. Why don't you look over here at this Corsair? And, uh, <clears throat> which is cool. And I built a Corsair, but, um, so but, like did you, that whole, <laughs> did you, did you, did you have influence from about with aircraft then growing up rather than armor? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Very much so. Okay. My, yeah, my 
my well even though like watching watching certain war movies i did that with my my stepdad a lot we watched a lot of war movies but we only really built plane models together and then i got into building automotive models and trucks and cars and then i think i tried to build the uss missouri like a very small scale missouri and then i tried to build a larger scale cutty sark and that broke me mm. for modeling when in the in the like mid 90s or early mid 90s that, yeah. that that killed me yeah not alone yeah, yeah. it happens i yeah, i i I deal with a lot of um, starter modelers, you know, beginners, let's say, mm -hmm. and they all, like you said earlier on, they want the biggest best kit there there, there is, and get stuck on it yeah. straight away. Um, but they're also oh, some yeah. of the the smaller beginner kits are bloody hard, <laughs> especially if you're mm. going back twenty, thirty years. Um, yeah, and uh, I always recommend like the, the the newer ones that are small because then they're much much easier to do. I don't want to be um, a stirrer in the room with my wooden spoon or anything like that, but is there a, uh, the community that deal with a Mecca and all that sort of stuff, are they a very open community or are they very, this is how it should be. It shouldn't be because I mean, you've spoken about RPS and, and the Messerschmitt and, mm -hmm. and, and, and using your imagination, which is, which is great. I, I just love that. Um, but are, are, is that community quite closed as well? Or are there a lot more, because it's a futuristic thing, are they a, little, a lot more open to, to going off on a tangent? Yes and no, but it kind of depends on the community. Like if the community is full of a bunch of jerks, then they're going to be weird <laughs> about it. But for the most part, there's kind of like a, it's a meme and it's also a truth. It's the Gunpla is freedom is what they, a lot of people will say, and it's really used yeah. to death. And so there's like a, half the audience that's listening to this. It's heard that before is back flipping from my eye rolls. It's ridiculous. <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, so it is, but it is though, it is literally, you can kind of do whatever you want with it or how simple or how complex. And in a way like there, if you listen to the, on the bench episode that, um, the Dave and the boys were talking to, um, Persaku girl and, um, shoot, I can't remember the other one's name. I feel bad. Um, but they were speaking about Gundam and about how the different levels of of completion or different levels of work that are done to it. And so, like, there are, you know, groups of builders that just take the model straight out of the box and, like, clip the nubs, like, they clean the nubs off it and maybe do a little bit of, like, clean up sanding. And that's about it. Snap it together because it's already colored. Put stickers on it. Hashtag no stickers guy. <gasps> and, uh, and it's lost all our audience. All gone. Rolling my eyes in disgust. Stickers. <laughs> I mean, whatever. It's just not my thing. <laughs> um, but then, but then that's a whole community, and there's a. I got so many people to do that, and I, I think that that's wildly fantastic because it's, you know, it's the allowing them to have a little representation of this thing that they saw on TV or in the model shop, and they, you know, whatever. It's really cool. Um, but then, you know, you, there's like the people that are straight builders, which is more like fully built it out and then did like a panel lining and did like some elements to it, which kind of jazzes it up a little bit. And then you regular painting it and then the crazy customizers. And then there's the off the wall guys like myself and my crew of dudes I run around with. Um, mm. But like, because of that, there are so many different divisions that these things aside from even just scale that things can kind of get mm. broken down into when it comes to when we start to have the conversations with the IPMS that are starting to, to build up 
um because all of the a little bit of the stuff that went down recently plus there's some other stuff that's kind of been going on in the works which is really really cool there's always stuff going on so don't just think like the stuff that you read on the internet is the end of it all like because there's a lot of there's always conversations going on and i think we all as a community want this whole thing to keep going on we want to keep making models we want to keep getting together right. and that's talking right. about it and like you know yeah. geeking out over how cool everything is because that's really like yeah yeah the spice is just the coolness yeah. That's why you're here. That's why we wanted to talk yeah. to you, wasn't it? You know, we, we'll find out what the cool stuff is and and all the fun that you're having over in that side of the playground. We want to have a bit too. <laughs> oh yeah, and there's so many different things that you guys can pick from too. It's more than just Gundam. There's like a bunch of mod model companies out there, and like if you even if you do start with Bandai Gundam stuff because it's so. Uh, like user friendly it's easily accessible it's now that it's being more open in on the western market mm. you can get it kind of more places you can find it in your like in america and your barnes and nobles um and your different spots where you wouldn't normally expect to see a robot mm. model kit they sell robot model mm -hmm. kits there um, and they won't even sell regular other model kits you know or whatever but i think we're uh, over here we're not quite there yet with having um gundam kits on our on our shelves but they do have hold up so even even though the GBWC is an absolute like mess, it's a disaster lately. <laughs> um, they this year they allowed like at least the UK has a division finally where the UK is participating in the global Gundam World Cup thing or whatever, which is a, a is steps to you getting mean the it IPMS. Um, it's like got categories. You mean? Is that what you mean? No, no, I mean GBWC, which is the Gunpla Builders World ah, Cup, which is hosted gotcha. by Bandai. Like that's, they, they're like, they don't really put that everywhere and they didn't allow uh, countries for a long time to be able to participate. So they didn't allow like, even you, like, you oh. know, UK or like, oh, I see you guys or anything, you know, they just didn't, well, I didn't even know not existed. even the division for it. <laughs> so there we go. Right. Yeah. Well, see, that's the thing, right? <laughs> yeah. And that's like, for a long time, that was the penultimate for Gundam builders was to participate in the GBWC, right. the Gundam builders world cup. Um, I tried to, I participated in 2018 and 2019 mm -hmm. in New York City, uh, put my models out there for the, you know, and then the first year I probably should have been disqualified because I put in a complete resin creation that I had made my own resin kit of a Gundam, but they couldn't tell because mm. it looked so good. Aha. And even though it was the one that they don't make, <laughs> they never thought of it. Um, but then the next year I won, which is fun. But that was with an original creation, the flea, um, the quadruped yeah. thing with the guns wow. and all the wow. big thing. Yeah, that thing, um, which was fun. Uh, and a really cool experience, but also there was a bunch of outrage over that because I used a singular Kotobukiya part on all of these Gundam parts. I used like parts from like, 18 Gundam kits and I used one Kotobukiya part <laughs> and wow. people like freaked out. Then? Yeah, which is <sighs> no, <laughs> because it was nothing. Okay. It's in the rules. You can do that. You can use parts from other kits as long as you don't use your whole right. kit or base a whole kit or base your build on a kit that is like from a third party manufacturer. There's no problem with that. Now, now the uh, the rules have been a little bit weird too, and that's why I'm saying GBWC is kind of a, a crapshoot right now because there's like people in other countries because it's all digital lately from since the pandemic. It's all become digital people have been doing kind of like inappropriate stuff like um, entering multiple kits under alias or 
uh, entering full on like resin kits and the people, the powers that be the people that are like trying to watch this stuff don't really know what they're looking yes. at per se. And so there's like some stuff kind of like eking through and there's going to be a drama that's going to go down here in a handful of weeks. Wow. And well, that's the thing, really isn't fun. it? They don't know what they're looking <laughs> at. And I think that's the, that's the key. I think that's why I wanted to talk to you. Mm-hmm. How, how do we find out what we're looking at? How do we, yeah. how do we learn about the robots well, and the- I think that I feel like that's almost a like you know losing the forest for the trees kind mm. of thing right it, it isn't matter that it's a, a Zaku or a, a like a GM sniper or a, a whatever the heck it is Lanthropus or whatever the heck weird names mm. they have for these robots right it doesn't matter what it is what really boils down to it is that it's still a plastic model you still have to do all the plastic model stuff to it. Yeah, you can take it apart to paint it and put it back together pretty yeah. easily. That's a plus, right? But it also has like like 400 yeah. parts or something like that. So it's not the best thing to have to do. You still, it's all part of the process. But it's still, it's like what it is, is it's just a, a, a squarish or roundish thing that's been cleanly done and has either has clean panel lines or doesn't have clean panel lines or it makes sense for design wise like that's all basic art critique you know we learn that you learn that stuff we go to art school like that was a big part of when i went to school for art was a lot of time critiquing talking about your art talking about other people's art and that whole it's being able to understand where a person is coming from being able to recognize the basics within the thing you're trying to look at and and then um you know applying you know your yeah you know your best judgment towards if you're trying to go for awards or some weird yeah. thing like that, yeah, that's where it comes from. But I've done a lot of judging and I've done a lot of, we do my, me and the boys did this show called critical builds on Chris Pabs's uh, YouTube channel where we have, it's a submission based uh, robot. Uh, basically mostly robots. We had a few cars, we had a few other things in there, but it was a lot of Gundam, but a submission based critique and review mm-hmm. showcase show. So people would send us, you know, they fill up the Google form. They send us like 10 photos we would get together and we would like, you know, figure out which ones we were going to do, select those throughout a week. We would then take oh, our own notes cool. on it. And then we would go on live show like this and we would showcase the model's pictures. We would have the notes that we would take. We would talk about different aspects of the model and the show, pointing out different oh, things that the person had done or hadn't cool. done or could do a different way. It was very open. We did like three seasons of it. It was awesome. We're going to try and bring it back soon. We had a, a pretty good following of, of uh, hobbyists. And I think that we helped a lot of people yeah. uh, like kind of get better That's great. at what they were doing. That's cool. Yeah. That's a really interesting yeah, idea. I've got to be honest. Um, I, I, I'm listening to you and just thinking, um, IPMS judges get them around the table and um, and select a, a like you would on a competition, select a, a, an area and go, okay, we'll get this guy because he does it for that show and whatever, and then and mm-hmm. then do that as a video. That would um, that would be, I think that would be helpful. I mean, I'm sure it'd be a bit of drama. Um, in as well because it, it, <laughs> of course, it's the same as course. any show that you go to but right. um it would at least it would at least take away that mm. mystery wouldn't it of of the way things are judged perceptions yeah. and all that sort of thing um all processes john just mr banani if you are listening to this this is my idea uh, he doesn't off it. listen to us um yeah. <laughs> well he does listen to me he probably does you'd be surprised i know he's, i know him his favorite so it's fine um but <laughs> i can edit, I can edit that out yeah i know you will anyway <laughs> um 
But yeah, no, that's a great idea. I really love mm-hmm. that idea because that that just opens up so much uh, of the a the mystery, but also um, as has got to be inspiring to watch. Even if you're even if you're not the 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 modeler sitting there cringing, going, yeah. "Oh, I can't believe you said that about my model," and it, it, everybody would learn something from that process. Mm-hmm. And I think, I mean, that harps back to a couple of the conversations that have been going on and always generally go on around um, national shows and, and local shows is that, you know, give us some feedback. Where are the notes? I want to see what the judge said about my model and blah, blah, blah. blah. Um, that, that would that would be mm. really interesting, actually. Hmm. Well, and the one of the nice things about that particular show and the way that we ran it, because it was submission based, we would let the people that we were going to review or whatever critique, depending on what they wanted. If they just wanted us to showcase their model, we would just showcase the model mm-hmm. and we wouldn't really, you know, we wouldn't critique it or harp on it. Um, but if we want to critique it, we would critique it. You know, obviously we're not trying to be cruel or, or mean or anything. It's all based from the sense of progression and becoming a better modeler all around. But because we knew who was going to be on, we would let them know ahead of time so that they could come into the chat and we would give them, it would be like live feedback. So oh. they would be able to write questions and ask us questions. And the rest of the chat also would be able to ask us questions about what's going on. And we get a, a more of a broader uh, spectrum of people to mm. interact with about the model. Mm. So it isn't really a thing where, oh, I can't believe that he said that about my model, blah, 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 because those it's a submission based. They already have put their model in there knowing that we are going to talk about it and, and, you know, go from that point. So it's, it's, it comes from a purely wholesome place and it's super duper rewarding. I really miss it now that I'm talking Mm. about it. I'm getting like goosebumps on my arms. When when, um, I did fine art, we used to have crits and every Friday we would sit around and and we'd look at each of, each of all of our different pieces of work that we've done in the week. And we would criticize, well, criticize, uh, critique all our work. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And, yeah. it's a skill you need to learn it's a oh. skill you need to learn to you, you, to yeah. be able to accept that you're not perfect and accept that there are mistakes and you probably haven't seen them but also accept ideas that other people have as well oh. um and then you then also then get the chance to offload on someone else <laughs> but, but um <laughs> <laughs> we're that way it's 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 really difficult it's really difficult to be open-minded yeah, over something yeah. that you may have taken a long time putting together, throwing all of your all of your new and best skills that you've learned into a, mm-hmm. uh, into that love and joy that mm-hmm. is represented in a bit of plastic and paint, uh, and and then be willing to have someone um, give their opinion. and And let's face it, as we always say. Um, part of the critique side of things is that to to give pointers as to um in your opinion of, of what may have mm-hmm. um not gone quite well or could be done a little bit better by doing this or that that's constructive criticism right. that's that's what we all crave for really um what we don't want are going back to a uh, previous thing he said the jerks going right. hey can't do that la 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 yeah and when we all get that um <laughs> you know i get that at work they're, they're called supervisors um uh... <laughs> <laughs> well yeah and then that's really like a challenge for the people that are critiquing and that's really the toll that that it comes for the judges to be able to do is to to be able to you know 
put themselves aside and to honestly look at the work from the artist's perspective, which is why I, I like the, the, you know, gold, silver, bronze thing. I went to a show earlier this year where that was the way that it was run. And um, mm. not only was the, like the weird stress that comes from going to a, like an IPMS event that like is weirdly there that doesn't really need to be there. Um, but like, not only was that not there, but it was a, a broader way for people to kind of see where, you know, they were, where they were going. And then, you know, so you, you have to, take you know yourself back a little bit you have to look at the object from where mm -hmm. the person is coming from and kind of you have to look into like kind of read the tea leaves a little mm -hmm. bit on it and on the build mm -hmm. individually and you know where ipms is like oh you docked off for you know crooked wheel you know misaligned aileron or whatever like something's just like minor little thing is off you're off you're off the table yeah not really like looking at the the piece from like a, an artistic standpoint where like you're talking about your crits, Malcolm, the same kind of deal where you, you learn to be able to see the different things and like kind of where a person has come from. And then the, the challenge, I guess, would then be the tact of being able to, to yeah. relate that to the builder, especially in you know, situations where we're doing feedback, like live feedback mm -hmm. or whatever. Um, and like, and it, and it can be really long. And I, get where the IPMS guys are talking about how it does. Like if you give extensive, intensive feedback, it takes a long time. We did that with Mike Rinaldi on the, uh, we did a clean versus weather. Build. Well, we, I say I participated in the build. It made a really cool ass model, but like Zaku Aurelius, my friend and Mike Rinaldi and uh, Chris Pabs and mm. a bunch of people um, hosted and judged a show called the clean versus weathered mecha build through USA Gundam store. And I had, put my model in and was like, I don't want you guys to give me the opportunity to get a prize. Cause I I'm beyond that, like part of my modeling kind of thing for that. Cause I I've won so many kits and stuff from all the years of doing the, you know, the contest run that I don't need that crap anymore. I mean, that's not crap. It's just that I don't, you know, I have a lot of models, like give it to somebody that needs yeah. it, you know, or could use it. And so I was just like, you know, I would just love to just get a couple notes back from the guys. I want them to judge it harshly or whatever, you know, but just tell me a little bit about it. And then that started a conversation that turned out to being like me and a child of Mecca, Tim Harkins and Pabs and Rinaldi and sitting together mm. and Zach sitting together on like mm. four or five live streams where we went through and gave honest feedback on over a hundred, whatever models. Yeah. And it was like, we sat and we talked about each model for like, yeah. you know, between five and 15 minutes and, interact with the people and that, that whole thing, which is like super duper rewarding, yeah, but at the same time incredibly daunting the, and taxing. The, the, the and it's like, all right, we got to do another one. Them the, the go through more models and talk about more stuff. Mm. Yeah, but right. I mean, we totally respect all the builders and, and that was a fantastic thing to be a participant in, but um, it is also very um, like eye-opening to and it, it humbling in a way to kind of like see where some of these larger competition judges end up going through this stuff. Like when they do an amps show or whatever, and they have all the you know, the wild jumping. Or I can only imagine what Telford is like or whatever. You know. Um, oh, you're gonna come to Telford one day. <laughs> I would love to travel more soon, but it's just not in the books now. I haven't vacationed in in years. It's been three or four years since I've been on a vacation. It's been terrible. Yeah, of course. <laughs> well, if you do, mm. you'll have a great time. I promise. Oh yeah. No, no, no. Of course. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you do. I need to get around. Yeah. Um, well, the, I think um, one of the things that annoyed me about the, the competition side was things was when um, that massive Lancaster, the, the dam buster didn't get um, 
anything from the IPMS at all because there was a couple of mistakes in the smoke um, trails oh, and other people were saying us. about like the yeah the smoke wasn't right and there was, there was they could see like drips of, of wash or something in the cockpit and, and things like that but obviously hadn't stepped step back and realized you know how impressive it was and I guess they you know because the yeah. wheels aren't aligned it's a no straight away. And yeah, they're literally missing the whole beauty of of the piece in in and of itself because they're nitpicking that the dial says the wrong time in the yeah on the, on the clock and yeah. in, in the fucking cockpit. Yeah, but the, I guess that's the how do you yeah? And if you're looking for accuracy of something from history, then you have to start saying you know oh it you know it, is that wheel aligned you know etc. Um, but if you're looking at something subjective and i guess it doesn't oh, i don't know it's very difficult like i was gonna say like is it a historical competition or is it a modeling competition like i mean and i get the level of like care for assembly and the need for stuff to be put together properly yeah but i also see the you know i can also see there being a place for the vision and the direction behind yeah. the builds as well yeah. i don't know if that means more sub <clears throat> excuse me more subdivisions where there's like a rivet counter subdivision and then there's like the guys that just like to make cool shit cool shit subdivision <laughs> yeah, and like you know right. like, like you know i don't know <laughs> i'm not sure mm. maybe they, maybe they should be but i, I guess it's just uh, uh, yeah I, I don't think there's any p particular perfect way of of, of fixing no that i don't, I don't think there is cool. Um, and that everyone would ever all everyone would never agree anyway but um yeah i don't think there's a fix it's not a fixed situation no. things just have to we have to keep evolving and keep having conversations yeah and you know i, I think keep, that's it. keep working together to try and find an amicable end and is everything that we suggest going to work no but does that mean we shouldn't try anything no of course not yeah, it means that that's right. we got to be prepared for some stuff to not work out but to still try to do that like mm -hmm. me and the, the gundam guys and the you know that's actually a group of people on the west coast the gundam guys or those gundam guys and i'm friends with all those guys okay. i'm friends with you know obviously i have my crew of people and then all the other uh people that i'm also know because it's like it's good to know everybody mm. it's like we're all like starting to work we're going to keep working as far as i can i can make them do it we're going to keep working with the contest systems and the different shows to make sure that we're everything is understood on all parts and that we yeah. can find more of an even ground so that this it. like we can all keep making cool stuff yeah yeah yeah, yeah I absolutely I, I couldn't agree with that more um you know it's mm. it, it, it comes down to the same old argument as always is it is, is a model is model making um are you an artist or are you a, a replicator and i it, yeah right. it's a it's a question that can't can't really be answered both. because yeah because basically it's both um and it, yeah, absolutely. It's also it, it neither. Depends right? on the, the angle in which you're going with your 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 build. You know, if <laughs> if you are the old argument of I, I've got this picture, and this is the diorama of that picture. You know, it, all that all that diorama needs to do is on one particular point of that diorama match the picture. The rest doesn't matter. And the amount of times I've had those conversations with people where they go, "Well, yeah, but there's a pigeon over there. It's not in the picture, is it?" It's like, well, yeah, but it's behind the tank. How would you know there was a pigeon there from the angle of that picture? Well, that's not the point. It's not in the picture, but it's right. a pigeon. You know, 
Oh. I mean, I'm being I've been facetious in the way I'm doing it. it Maybe it, it was know, at I, night. I, 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 I just don't. I just don't understand that logic <laughs> at all. Because literally, there was a, there was a cat. There was a cat there, yeah, and the, literally that would be a, a the foot either side of where that picture was taken is a different picture. It's a yeah. whole different, so, yeah, a whole different ball game, right? Yeah. And those people, if they are stickling about that, then I'd say, all right, then fine. If that's what you want, then only build shadow boxes or box dioramas, as they're called, and just go from that. Because yep. when I was a kid, they were called shadow yep. boxes, but now they're called box dioramas. <laughs> so build, yep. Yep. then just build that, and just only worry about that, and you can, you know, <laughs> stick your nose up your own butt. Don't stick it up mine because I don't need you. Like, yeah, you're restricted yeah. to one one view, then aren't you? With a with a Shadow box. Yeah, box Rama. Yeah, you're yeah. literally like you only get one. Well, uh, yeah, I'm just a little bit. not strictly really true, depending look. on how big the shadow box is, because there is that little bit of a lean left or right or up or down. It's like, wow, it's a different picture, man. Like, shut up! It's a goddamn shadow box. To... <laughs> Accept it for what it is. <laughs> don't, don't touch it. Are you allowed to lift it up and look at it? Uh, you're not allowed, no, hole? you're not no. allowed to put camera no. uh, cameras or, or torches or anything in the shadows because that defeats the object of a shadow box. <laughs> it has to have shadows because it's not a shadow box if it hasn't got shadows. <laughs> Stick a torch in there, it's now a lamp. Uh, sure. <laughs> I mean, what I'm saying is, can you go in there with a mirror and try and look? Oh, around? could you imagine? Do you know what? Actually, maybe that's something I should do. I won't do it for this year, but maybe next year for Telford, what I'll do is I'm going to do a box diorama, and I'm going to get a couple of those dentist mirrors so people can interact with the diorama. That'd be amazing, right? Yeah, yeah, you're fine. You just stick your mirrors and you look behind. You see a pigeon. He's not in a picture, I know, but you ain't got a mirror in a picture, have you? That would be good. Yeah, I like that idea. That I'll write that down. Write that down, Secretary. <laughs> oh, sorry, I don't mean to chat with you. You're on next week. Sorry, love. Oops. <laughs> but yeah, it's, I, 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 the whole, the whole judging thing. Um, I think I'll say it again and again and again. At the end of the day, if you enter into competition, be open-minded. Be understand that. Um, no, not don't understand. Understand's the wrong word. Be proud of the fact that you've been able to put that into a competition. Be proud of the fact that you've reached that level of where you are in your journey. Be proud of the fact that people are going to look at it. End of story. That's all you need to worry about. Yes, there are prizes. Of course there are. And if that's what you want to go after, that's fine. But if you don't get the prize, don't get upset about it because you're not at that part of your journey. It's not a problem. Be proud of the fact you've put it there. Because that, just taking your model to a show and putting it in a competition is a massive, massive jump for anybody. I don't care how bloody good you are. It's huge. It's huge. Um, and, and, if, and if someone yeah. walks past that model, diorama, robot, Titanic, pigeon... Oh, that's another thing I've just thought. I'm going to do a... Di- I'm going to, do, I'm going to make <laughs> scratch build a big pigeon. Uh, I don't know what section I'm going. Anyway... Um, <laughs> Yeah, just just right, be proud like of there. Because someone, one person in the hundreds of wall past will go, yeah. wow, look at that. I like that pigeon. That feather texture is really good. I like that. Is that outlaw paints they use on that? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. It's fantastic. No, and I think that anybody should build whatever they want. And you're right. It does take a lot to be able to do that. Like, and I'm, I'm always been that, um, you know, the person up in the up in the front of the room dancing around telling a stupid story or something i don't know if that's from 
weird stuff for my psyche for my kid or what but i'm always been out there putting stuff out for people to see and i'll always do that but i know for a lot of other people that aren't like me they don't have the gusto the whatever the heck it is like the i because i still have crazy anxiety that's not even no and i mean yeah and it's but it is it is like the willingness to you know i guess it's confidence but to me also it's just like the willingness to put yourself out there and to put it forward you know even if you know it's not yeah you can't you know i mean i I I said confidence i think you're right actually thinking about it because when you put your model in you still you're still anxious you're still worrying about oh will people like it will they understand what i'm trying to say in that story or whatever and you, and nine times out yeah. of ten the people that are model hunters right. uh, model sorry the the competition medal hunters they're always by the burger van if you hadn't noticed yes they're always eating loads of burgers because they're so nervous that's my excuse and i'm sticking to it <laughs> honestly but um no the, the... <laughs> Saying that people win gold or have eating disorders. <laughs> well, proof's in the pudding. <laughs> anyway, see what I did. Um, it's funny because, <laughs> funny enough, this 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 year at Telford, um, I have a I won't say who it is because I don't want to make him anxious. But um, he's made a model. It's linked to me in some form, um, and uh, I've asked him to bring it to the show so it can sit on my table. Not going to be com- not going to be judged or critiqued or anything like that as such. Um, I say as such. The re- reason being, more people will see that model where it is in in the show than it will do up at the competition area. But yet, he's, I haven't got the confidence to put it in the competition. But I'll put it on your table, which to me, I just like. I get it. I understand is- it. But I'm just like actually, hmm, that's an interesting idea because. Had you realised, and now he's going to freak out and tell me he's not taking it. Sorry, you know he, he will take <laughs> yeah. it. I know exactly who you're talking about yeah, and, yeah. He, and what he's talking he, about. Yeah. So he better take it. But um, he will be there also to to yeah, proudly to stand with it too. If you're at a competition, you yeah, don't get to do that. I suppose. That. I suppose that is true. Um, yeah, uh, and and that can. You can get to wow. defend it yeah, if he do, feels like he do wants you to do that, though? Um, I think defending it would be the the complete Explains. wrong move. Standing back and pretending the model next to yours is yours is probably the better move because then you can understand what people think of your model. Um, how well, usually it's when um, people yeah. say, "What kit is that?" or or something that they what, what paint was used or something, and then yeah. usually the person is naffed off somewhere. Um. um so yeah, I mean, you're right. I think that someone standing mm. next to the model is is pretty cool. And does that is that harder though? Do you think in the competition? Because at least you when you put competition, you put it away. You go over there for me personally, away, and then... I would say it is harder putting it on the table than in the competition. Because realistically, yes, there's anxiety. Don't get me wrong, but you take it up there, you put it on the table, you put it in the best position you can, given however many models there are. You might go up and check it before the judging mm. starts and see that it's been pushed to the back by everyone else putting their models in front of it or whatever. Um, but then you go off and do the show and you don't really think about it until the, the, someone on the antenna goes, well, all the gold's been given out. Um, and you go, oh, can I go and have a look? Um, but if you're standing next to your model, uh, potentially, that's a lot more... Uh, mm. A, interaction, which is really, really good because you get feedback and, and all that sort of stuff. Um, and things pointed out that you won't have noticed. Um, 
most of the time. Um, and generally speaking, it's always positive because if they don't like your model, they walk past um, and critique it as they walk down the aisle. So as long as you don't follow people, yeah. Oh, did you as long say as you that don't model? follow people, you that. won't know the bad things that are being said about <laughs> it. And um, a tip to the wise, don't follow people right. in the model show anyway, because it comes across a bit weird, a bit like if you're in a competition area and you're like yeah. trying to hear what people are saying. That looks weird too. But um, but yeah, no, I, I think it's harder personally. Yeah. But yeah, we've gone off on a tangent. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. No, I was going to say, I, I at the recent, most recent local ipms i went to last year or this year i guess it would be um i had a, a customized car hover bug thing a, a hover mm-hmm. vw bug that i made fancy um for this project called the cerulean project which is a whole different thing but um it's like a charity thing which is really cool um but so this i put it out there and you know it doesn't belong to anything it's just something crazy creative that i made out of a bunch of mecha parts and tank parts and whatever that I put together with this bug and did a bunch of crazy body work and did all this crazy paint job on it. But I, I was just randomly walking through and cause I just, that's what I do at the model shows is I'll just go up and down the aisles a bunch. And then I'll go into the vendor room and I circle the vendor room and I go okay. back and look at all the models again on there yeah. to try and cause I'll see something new or something will change. Or maybe I'll, I'll, you know, someone will see something and I'll hear a thing and I'll talk to somebody about whatever the fuck it might be. And just, you know, because I like to look at every model. I want to see all of the work. That's why we went there. You know, we mm-hmm. all went to the show to put our stuff out there. You should look at everything. You shouldn't just, I mean, no offense, you shouldn't just sit by your model and expect people to ask you about it or like so that you can chime in and talk about it. But if you're there and that works out, I feel like that's a fantastic opportunity for that to happen. But I feel that it's more rewarding if it's an organic process instead of a manufactured thing where you're standing there even with your business cards and you got your placard on your sandwich board on that says i made this model with a picture of the model and a hand pointing an arrow over to it or something yeah well Um, there's a difference between ipms shows (laughs) model shows over here is that we have clubs that will have a a table club tape Mm -hmm. and then everyone's made their models in the last couple of months year whatever put their models there and then everyone sits behind the table and like here is what i have here are my wares you know, and then there's the competition, which is a separate table, it's a separate room, which is a separate mm-hmm. thing. The competition isn't in front of you. So you'll sit there and have a chat with your, your mates behind the table, but you won't stay there the whole, whole time. You'll get up and you'll also do the walk, you know. Um, right, yeah. But I, I don't think you have that over there, do you? You don't sit down and pr- sort of sit with it and go, come and ask me questions. No, 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 not at all. No, uh, like very, very minimally. Um, I think that the I feel that it will change towards that. We will move towards that naturally because it seems like a better final solution for things. You know, it's a better resolution, or I should say, mm. than a final solution. That's very ominous. Jeez, <laughs> uh, but a better I'm resolution. <laughs> yeah, no, don't get me wrong. But I like a better resolution for that. Um, but I guess where I was kind of leading to with the scanning around and and then hearing, like I didn't say this, but I they when they were judging, I happened to be walking by the opposite side of the table when they were judging my piece, mm. and I could hear them talk about it, and it was it was disheartening. I even talked about it on one of my previous episodes of the podcast. I felt I called it, I said very non plus because I. The, what was being said basically was like, this looks really cool, but it doesn't belong to anything. So we can't judge it essentially. And 
it's like that's frustrating for me as being you know creative and approaching this and from a very outside of the standard mm. you know the standards like it doesn't like right now i'm building a, a delorean time machine i'm gonna put that in the sci-fi thing next year they're gonna know where it's from so they're mm. gonna be able to be like oh that's a kick-ass delorean time machine yes. from back to the future yes we can judge that right. like i know i know what i can google that on my phone you can't google google a custom hover bug on your phone and find anything other than the photos that i posted but mm. but so yeah but that kind of like the <laughs> accidental interaction with the judges like that i'd walked away because as soon as they were talking about it and i hear them like you know kind of heading where they were heading or whatever i just was like i don't i don't want to hear this i don't want to hear what they're saying about it like i don't that's not why i'm here at the show i'm here to you know to have fun and to you know explore you know what other people are building and get excited to build new stuff and Mm. spend a lot of money in the vendor room (laughs) that's interesting that yeah okay i guess maybe you over across the other side of the pond then don't have that experience where people will come to the, the your table and talk about your models and ask you about them it not happen. as much i do a little bit you right. do a little bit yeah it's tough because of the like perceived boundaries that people still kind of have a little okay. bit but it's like again that's just a time thing okay. as time goes on those 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 boundaries between the the different modeling genres or the different modelers will because like so i put my my nova yanko up into the classic cars or whatever the heck it was um thing that i put in and there was this other guy there who's who runs a, another youtube channel and he's putting his cars up and he's mm-hmm. like oh you this and i was like oh yeah and you did this in there and we just started talking just headed off and now we're like kind of casual friends we'll talk here and there a little bit through the comments but it's like that like i don't normally build cars and stuff but i built one and it looks it looked pretty good and it was able to we, you know we started up a conversation just because of like you know and then we're bringing in other people and i'm trying to do my conversation starter thing where i'm pulling in this yeah. little old man that built this amazing shelby cobra and like huh. you know well that's <clears throat> what it is isn't it it's a community and you you're know, meeting other people and chatting with other people and learning new things mm-hmm. i guess um yeah I, w- I, w- I wouldn't want it to be all just competition at all because it would be yeah it feels it feels it wouldn't be right it wouldn't be a show otherwise isn't- yeah, it's not very much fun. Like even in doing the GBWC, the Gundam Builder World Cup thing at the anime uh, NYC or at uh, Comic Con, if it's there, that's like you know cool to to that we all get to put our stuff in these big cases and it's in this big space. There's a big event center. It's full of tons of people. Mm. But the really the real joy and the best parts of that whole experience, yeah, I won. It was awesome. It's fucking very rewarding. Got a placard, um, but uh, but like yeah, right, and some models and some signatures, Ooh. but like. <laughs> Yeah, I know. But um, and and the opportunity to potentially get flown to Japan to go to the big show, Jeez. which is really what it's about, That's right? That's cool. really what it's about. But I didn't get to go. My buddy Tim got to go, which is great because it's it's like you know, you know, good representation for the community and all that stuff. That's yeah. not what we're talking about. The the thing that was the jam about the experience, and it's always been that, has been the interaction in front of the booths, like. 10 feet away where all the modelers and all the nerds are all hanging out and chatting and, you know, getting a chance to like, you know, give each other shit and have fun and laugh and make jokes. And then we're going to go get a drink or go get a meal. And then everybody's hanging out. And like this whole, like this community thing is really what makes it so much more special than any of the awards or any of the times your name's up on, on a big blow up screen or something like that. It's like, that's cool. It feels really, really good, but you can't take that with you very far. However, all these other rich, enriching like relationships and the friendships and the, the friends we made along the way uh, is, is really what the journey's about.
So you gave us some homework to do to bring us up to speed with your interests in Gundam and mecha things. Give you a little taste, yeah. Now I'm like a good boy, have done my homework. <laughs> oh, you grasser. Oh, have you not done yours? <laughs> yeah so james couldn't be bothered so i have you gave us um a, a film to watch called dragon heart dragon's heaven dragon heart is the one with sean connery where he's the dragon sean connery the dragon yeah yes can't remember any of the names of it but he's done his own work shut up you that was really cool because it brought back a lot of memories of watching transformers the movie that then sparked me to realize how much I enjoyed robots and Transformers and, you know, that kind of yeah. thing. You sent us a, a video from a, a chap who has a YouTube channel. Yeah, the channel is great. And he was talking about... Secret Galaxy. Wasn't that the one that you watched? I, I'll be honest. I watched the first link, which I think is the, the thing that uh, Malcolm has uh, attested to at the beginning there. Um, and uh, I... I did, I did, I did watch it very late at night when I should have been in bed, and I just got the feeling it was very much like a, a an old show with lots of smoke effects. Ah, uh, you only watched the first few minutes. Yeah, the first little bit is a like a live action modeling. It's actually all scale models, actually. But the uh, chat we were just talking about there, I, I watched all of that. Yeah, uh, and to the point I said to Malcolm before you arrived that I'm, I'm going to go and watch the other episode that goes with it. Because it gave a history of all of the uh, the Americans, their programming and all that sort of stuff by taking some stuff from Japan oh, yeah. and, and trying to make it a, a more palatable for their audience. And that was fascinating. I knew nothing about any of that. So it, it was so fascinating. They did some homework. Thank you. Mm. <laughs> yeah, the yeah, Macross and, and Robotech uh, was one of the first things my... Uh, a cousin introduced me to that stuff when I was little. I was like, must have been like six or something like that. And my cousin was showing me his Veritech toys and his comic books. And that was pretty rad. I mean, it was very little. I was not really allowed to touch stuff too much because I was a little you know, uh -huh. kid. But at the same time, it like burned into my brain. These cool robot airplanes. It was basically like an F-14 mm. transformed into a robot. And that just like blew my mind. I was like, this is the coolest shit ever. I want to, I want this in my body. I need this in my soul. Like, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I understand. I understand exactly what that is. I, I can't put my, my finger on it. Third thing I showed you was the, was a F91 Gundam yeah. music video sort of thing. It was not really like the story per se, but it was like a collection of one of my favorite iterations of Gundam, which is F91, which a lot of people don't like. Uh, I like a lot of things people don't like and that's okay. Uh -huh. But the thing about it that I really enjoy is the the art and the way the animation is done, the the design of the robots and the the line weight and the, that whole kind of stuff. Like that's my animation and my art background, my wanting to draw and, and be an animator when I was a little kid, you know, before all the other things I did. And like, you know, that's where the, the true love of that stuff comes in, which is why I really love mm. hand-drawn animation mm. more so than even, you know, the modern stuff that you see nowadays. So yeah, like, like Akira, we've talked like just a little bit about Akira and the amount of hand, that's all hand-drawn, like mm. all of it. It's just yeah. mind-blowing the amount of detail and stuff. If you've, if you've seen like the newer versions of it, the re-releases of it, because it's been like 35 years or 40 years since it's. 
I have not watched it recently. Oh, uh, that movie is just a glimpse of the manga, and the manga is massive. But you should watch it, Malcolm. You should watch a, a get it, stream it on Netflix or wherever the heck they have it, or get a chance to to stream it. You should because having seen it in the past, watching the improvements to what they've made to it, recoloring it, redubbing it so that it makes more sense, and all of that stuff. So <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. The, well, and they don't have those weird New York accents. <laughs> hey, what do it's like, why do you, why do you guys do this? Yeah, I mean, I haven't watched it. I tell you why. Um, I think when I got back into modeling, like, like five, mm-hmm. six seven eight years ago now i looked at trying to make one of the the bikes the akira bike kind of does bike yeah i can't has a specific name i don't know it just amazing you can't get them unless you're a billionaire <laughs> you know so that's a shame one day i'll build i'll build one or get one made or something yeah i mean i got a 3d printer i'm gonna start getting back into 3d design maybe one maybe a kid will happen who knows Let's make one. Wouldn't be the first model kit I've designed. Yeah. Let's just do it. Well, if anyone's listening out there, can I have one, please? Yeah. Or if you know about it, put it, leave a comment. Make it look look like it's sliding across, uh-huh. you know, like in that, that iconic shot where he's sliding in and he slides kind of across the camera. He's got the laser cannon in his, or the laser gun in his hand. He's got the jerry-rigged battery pack slumped over his shoulder. Oh, it's such a cool, such a cool shot. King of the world, isn't it? Anyway, what are we talking about? Yes. Yeah, robots. Yeah, so go watch uh, Secret Galaxy if you want to know a bit about um, robots. Lots of different stuff. Yeah, anything. He talks about Golion, Voltron. He'll talk about... uh, He talks about what you had talked about with me briefly the other day about Battle of the Planets. Um, And there are several different versions of that, almost like theming. So you had Battle of the Planets and there's like before people think G-Force, right? The same thing. But there's also Silverhawks. And then there's another one which is not either of those two things and <laughs> is very similar for like avian style, you know, same, same kind of thing yeah. flying around in the, in the big blue and red spaceship and all that, like just clones of the same show. But these are superheroes, aren't they? They're not, they're not robots so much, but the, 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 the large mecha that they have in that show, like they're, they're God Phoenix. They're, they're big aircraft. That they fly mm-hmm. around in. Yeah. That is big and powerful and can go through space and has massive ma- missiles and lasers and everything else. On yeah. It. And I watched that because I'd watched the secret galaxy thing. And one of the videos that came up was, Hey, do you remember about the planets? And I was like, Oh my God, that sparked something in my mind. It's like, wow, I do remember watching that. And I watched it and the intro was incredible. It's like meeting an old friend. This music in the intro was was really powerful for me, and this that bit, that shot of the God Phoenix at the end when it's turned into flames. I must have watched that every single mm-hmm. weekend um, yeah. for years because it's, it's so good. <laughs> and also, you can see Princess's knickers in the intro. That, that also, <laughs> which is why you want to get the Funko Princess. <laughs> Okay. Maybe that, that sorted me out, you know, where I was heading sexually. Who knows? It's cool, brother. <laughs> oh. So, um, I don't know if you've been watching uh, or following any of our Facebook page or feeds or anything of late, but I do need to ask the question, what is... And it's a very important question because it's right up there on one of our top questions. Um, what is the biscuit of choice for you? Mm, I am familiar with this, actually. See, now that's tough because there are 
many very good biscuits, crisps, cookies here in the States. I have been always been partial to an iced oatmeal cookie, generic store brand iced oatmeal cookie. I But I also have a weak spot for a... Uh, like a fudge striped shortbread cookie. Okay. Well, like a millionaire shortbread kind of thing. Do you know what that is? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And maybe what that is. I don't know. It's basically it's a it's like a disc. Sometimes it has a hole in the center of it. Has like, you know, chocolate on the back of it and like stripes of chocolate on the top of it. Oh. And, but you can still see the shortbread cookie itself. And they're, you know, two and a half inches wide or something along those lines. I think I know you're talking about you're talking about the high end Fox's biscuits, James. Do you know what I'm talking about? Oh yeah, real chunky buggers. Well, no, they're not super duper chunky. They're you know they're actually fairly thin. In the states, the Keebler company makes them. They're called Fudge Stripe cookies. The Keebler branding Fudge Stripe. But I buy the generic ones because they're the same cookie. They made in the same. They come out of the same right. cookie machine, and then they go into different right, packages. Okay. I mean, Stroop waffles are really good too. Ooh. Like if you're really just like rocking with some some tea or some coffee on a cool morning, mm-hmm. and it's a little bit rainy out. Get yourself a Stroop waffle. That's that's fantastic. Um. I also wanted to talk to you, Brian, about your podcast as well. I have a couple of questions. Uh, why did you get into podcasting? And how's that been for you? And why is it called Built Sideways? And what's that about? I listen to podcasts. I like to listen to podcasts. I got into listening to podcasts long before I ever thought of ever being or on one or talking on one even. It was after pandemic had started and I stopped doing the metal shop thing and I started going on walks and just, just to mm-hmm. get out of the house and uh, would listen to podcasts on the walks. And I started like trying to figure out new things. And cause the video game podcasts I was listening to were kind of not really like resonating with me at the time. So I was like building these Gundams. Let's look up for some plastic model podcast or something like that. So it was like, you know, scale modeling podcast, whatever. And the first one I, I happened upon was Mike and Dave with the plastic model mojo. And I started listening to them and then they were like, oh yeah, there's some other podcasts you should listen to. And then like that kind of like just branched out and I started listening to more podcasts and I, I found that there was kind of a, of a little bit of a, a void in regards to the Mecca stuff. A little bit. <laughs> I wanted it to be more of a, a, a conversation around the thing because like I've been doing the YouTube thing, I made my YouTube channel in like 2007. I think. And it was primarily skateboarding. I changed that over into scale modeling and prop making stuff in like the mid 2010s. Got into doing live streaming. I started trying to do videos where I would like edit videos of like how I did like panel line removal on a on a goof or like or like seam removal, like mel- melting seams and sanding things off and stuff like that. Doing little Gundam tutorials, like how to hide the cursed stickers by using a, like a stickers. But that became very tedious to me. And so I got into doing live streams where it was more of a an easy way for me to show what I'm working on and to interact with the community. I started the the workbench live stream with my buddy Paul a long time ago. Uh, we've been doing it for four or five years now. Having the equipment to be able to talk and like participating in other in these other shows. We I was in a group of people called Mechanism where we would hosted by Tim Harkins, Child of Mecca. Um, every other weekend we would get together and have like a round table where like eight, nine people would get together and we would show our work. We would talk a little bit about what's going on. We would ask each other questions, kind of like a talk show. Oh, okay. Yeah. Chat would talk to us and stuff like that. Same kind of deal interactions. Mm-hmm. So it's really just like being comfortable with the the equipment, being comfortable with the subject matter and then having a reason to, <laughs> to do the, the thing. So we, we got together and I was like, you guys want to do this? We we're already doing live streams. We had set up our own viewing 
streaming schedule with all of the different schedules. So we weren't overlapping because uh, people were yep, starting to have yep. like problems with overlapping. So I was, you know, streaming like four or five, six days a week doing all this, like talking and getting comfortable with the whole situation. Mm. And it's just like changing the format that it's in. It's less of the viewer interaction, more of the chance to sit down, have a conversation that starts more conversations. Yeah. You know, just like you guys, just making conversation. Mm -hmm. The thing behind it is really to try to keep it a little bit brisk. There's always Kyle, so nothing you can do with Kyle. Can't help that guy. <laughs> and who does the who does the edits? Chris does all the edits. Chris like lifts all the heavy, uh, does all the heavy lifting. I do most of the Instagramming kind of stuff. Like I do the posts, and we all kind of gain feedback and stuff through all of our various different social things. So like. I talk to people on a bunch of different stuff. Like I talk to you on Facebook Messenger. I talk to a bunch of other people on Facebook Messenger mm -hmm. or on Instagram. We have a Discord for the podcast now. So it's called the Built Sideways Podcord. It's free to join. Uh, we also have a Patreon that people can join too. Um, you guys have been talking about doing Patreon. Is that right? Yeah, we just started. Yeah. So yeah, we have a Patreon. That's what that's what pays our fees. So it pays for the editing software. It pays for the hosting site. Uh, through Zencaster, it pays for all that stuff. Indeed. We don't have to put anything in because we put it all in ahead of time. We don't have to run ads, mm. which is kind of nice. That's great. Um, yeah. And yeah. we're able to, you know, we're able to sustain ourselves and and like we have some perks. We're working on more perks. Um, it's a little bit iffy to get all that stuff together and try and get all the ducks to line up or all the, you know, everything to go. Mm. Um, yeah, I really like your um, Instagram. I like the way that you do um, the really nice photographs for each. Yeah. And that's a group effort of trying to find... You had the chilies uh, exploding with the seeds, you know, hot and spicy. That was a spicy episode. I liked it. Yeah. And, then the, and then the posing episode, I took that photo. I, I stole that photo off the internet and I told Chris to Photoshop Julio's head on it and he Photoshopped <laughs> my head on it. <laughs> uh, that went down well, huh? <laughs> yeah, it happens a lot, actually. You'll see little things like when Kyle, because we did a color theory thing where Kyle didn't understand color and so we started talking about color theory and you know the way color works and all of that stuff and we got a great stock photo of the small child in front of like a finger painting set and photoshop <laughs> kyle's face onto that little child because because he was like a newborn baby boy trying to learn how to paint colors well that's kind of well how i feel as a little baby boy trying to learn about gundams and robots and i'm glad that you could come on and help us a bit you know oh yeah my pleasure Happy to try and spread the good word. <laughs> yeah, the good word, the religion of plasmo. Not plasmo, that's something else. Plasma. Plasmo. Plasmobile. No, plasmo's a different modeler. <laughs> I think plasmo, plasmo has got his own religion as well, but that, that's a different episode. Oh, right. I love plasmo. Plasmo will, will eventually answer the email because I, I can't keep sending them to me every day and ignore me forever. Try to email them as well. No, no response. If you're listening... <laughs> get in touch <laughs> um one of the other things i want to just quickly touch on if you've got time of course um was the difference between western and eastern cultures in the foundation of how they talk about stories and things so with the eastern side there's there seems to be like um i don't know what the word is like a gaia like a a ghost in the shell mm -hmm. there's like a a living breathing magical force inside but and the western side they don't have that so they don't seem to understand that yeah and i think a lot of the gundam stories are about things like that like passion and words are really magic i suppose yeah 
that could be why people don't watch so much Gundam over here? I don't. I don't know. Because a lot of that, like, uh, some people call it, like, Blue Mushroom or, like, whatever kind of stuff, like the magic stuff. Yeah, it does exist in some of the Gundam. Like, say, Unicorn, for example. Like, Gundam Unicorn has a lot of that, uh, like, magic element to it. Um, There's, like, time travel. There's a bunch of weird stuff that goes on to it if you look real deep into it. I don't think that that is the thing that that puts people off. I think some of it is like remember back in the day when when Macross first came around, if you remember that, like, you know, mm. do you remember love even that was like 1986 or 87 or something like that. But before that, this the singing thing, the- exactly the singing thing. It was a lot about Minmay and Rick and running around inside this big, weird ship and not knowing what was going on. And it was a lot of emotional buildup. And it wasn't so much like cool jets, you know, shoot missiles and shit. The cool jets were there, but they were singing about them. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. Well, and, and it was less that wasn't the thing that was driving it. And but I feel like what on the, the Western world, very military, very Arnold Schwarzenegger commando, yeah. Yeah, whatever, even, you know, Stallone cliffhanger was very like very uh, uh, muscle brown, you know, go and get the guy less like, you know, yeah, we don't know how to deal with this changing things that are happening. But at least we have each other fly a kick ass plane somewhere or something, you know, like, yeah, that's not the story, is it? No, that's not the Hollywood way. And you know what? It takes a lot more energy to do the daily slice of life stuff or to to pay attention to these these stories. Those stories that come over that haven't been super westernized, you have to be invested in it. You kind of have to pay attention to it. You can't just like expect there to be explosions everywhere, you know. There are those of us weirdo hippies over here that kind of get that stuff. Yes. You know, the mentality is changing, the social unconscious is changing as well as you know, Japan's um willingness to allow their s- stuff outside of the country yeah yeah it's what it's all about right it's always about that about selling selling toys or selling you know what can you do now they they even talked about that in the secret galaxy thing with the the macross like how do we how do we sell these yeah in in japan they had like all this cool stuff that they could do they could kill people they could have like you know minor like nudity they could have like where in the states they were like no 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 this all exists we do this constantly but we can't tell anyone about it yeah, well, I was talking to James about the difference between Macross and Jetstream, yeah. for instance. You know, Jetstream and Transformers is the same thing. It's the same bloody toy. Yep. Let's talk about Battletech as well, because Battletech also versus Macross versus Transformers versus, you know, GoBots. A, a lot of nerd knowledge in my head. You got to be careful what doors we open, because who knows what's going to come out. <laughs> well, so it's been fun talking to you, Ryan. Crikey, we could do several podcasts talking about all this stuff, couldn't we? Mm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've been such a fan of it my whole life that it really is just like part of my being. Cool. Well, it's been really great having you on, Brian. Yeah, thank you. It's been a pleasure to to talk to you guys and uh, to help kind of like clear up some of the air about what what this stuff is. It's been a blast. I'm really glad to have gotten the opportunity, guys. Yeah, more than welcome. It's been inspiring. So Gundam is just like any genre of a hobby in that it has its nuances, tropes, specific styles, and dedicated followers who have all fallen in love with the characters and stories. It is no secret that Gundam kits are incredibly well-engineered and a joy to make, but that is not enough to grow the hobby. A population that fundamentally understands the motivations of the Gundam genre is needed. Until Gundam hits mainstream distribution, 
then only a handful of IPMS judges will know what Gundam is. Next time, we'll be just making conversation about other subjects relating to this daft hobby of ours. You've just been listening to Just Making Conversation with James Skiffins and Malcolm Charles. Follow us on Facebook where we post photos, updates and other nonsense. Find us on Spotify, Amazon Music, iTunes, Google Podcasts and all the others. Let us know what you are just making and what your thoughts are on the conversation in this episode. Thank you to the following supporters from paypal.me forward stroke podcast JMC. Here we go. Philippe Lafreniere, Johan Frentzen, Mike Beatstucker, Mike Shelley, Mark Harry, Elliot Caprini, Adam Kieran, Dress the Legume, Craig Nichols, Elliot Lane Dean, Evan and Build and Kit Callum from the Micro Machines podcast, Paul the Meanies Peter, Brad Warren, Tim Black Rifle, John Julian, Chuck Mark Beckawahi, Simon Lidges, Steve Lee Costas, Mark Gray, Neil Twice, Mike Robert, Andrew Drew, John Mike, Jeff Richard, Lynn Gordon, and seven others. If you do show your support, leave your name uh, so we can paint the roll of honour on the tail of the next episode. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>